Hey guys, welcome to the Field Crafts Revolve podcast. I'm your host for this advertisement space. I uh, just want to appreciate and recognize one of our sponsors. And I'll tell you something about sponsors. Like we work at a company that is in the outdoor space and you know we get people that throw stuff our way all the time. And you know every so often I'll get something where I'm like, man, this is a really cool product. I'm excited I got an opportunity to test it out. And then sometimes I'll get a product that crosses my desk or you know, lands in my lap and I'm like, nah, not for me, maybe for someone else. Um, it's pretty interesting with Vertex, uh, who is the sponsor of this podcast. They have like a universal appeal here at Fieldcraft where, you know, I like their clothing. I like their mag pouches. Whenever I go to the range, I always have mags loaded up in mag pouches. Um, you know, all my Glock mags go there. And then that way they're not like rattling around inside the bottom of my range bag. And, you know, I know some of the other folks, they like the the weapons bags that you can carry, you know, short-barreled rifles and short-barreled pistols and, and things like that. Short-barreled pistol, that's not even technically a thing. AR pistol, how about that? <laughs> so Vertex is one of those companies that, you know, we are we consider them friends. Like we see them at trade shows, they're good people. And uh, there's always something that you can find that you're gonna use. Now, I don't have one of the new recce shirts. I'm hoping our marketing department will send me one at some point, or maybe Vertex will. Uh, so Vertex, if you're listening, I wear a size extra large, and you can just find our address on the uh, the Fieldcraft Survival website for North Carolina. So uh, if you guys are interested in checking out Vertex, go to the Vertex website, and you can use the coupon code FIELDCRAFT spelled just like Fieldcraft Survival, Fieldcraft, and you'll get 20% off of your order. Like I said, they make some really good stuff. Um, you know, you're gonna find some products that you might be able to incorporate into your lifestyle, into your mobility platform, into your backpack, into your hunting or in hunting setup, whatever it may be. Please check them out, they're good people. That's vertex.com, uh, that's V-E-R-T-X. Use the coupon code Fieldcraft and you'll get 20% off. Also, uh, big shout out to all the instructors we've got on the Fieldcraft team. Uh, you guys do the thankless job of getting out there in the rain and the muck, doing all that great stuff. Um, putting in a lot of hours. So shout out to, you know, anyone that is teaching for us on the range, mobility stuff, med stuff, survival stuff. Appreciate all of you guys everywhere from one coast to the other. Guys, please check out Fieldcraft Survival. Go to the training tab uh, on the website and you can find training in your backyard. Most likely we're in the process of loading up more courses and uh, you'll find something that will help level you up. All right. Let's get down to this podcast. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I'm your host for this episode. My name is Kevin Estella. I'm the director of training here at the Aberdeen, North Carolina office. Guys, uh, hopefully you've been training. It's been a damn good year. Uh, I just got back from Utah. I taught a sold out defensive shotgun class out there. The curriculum that Jerry Young and I uh, created a couple of years ago, it's really taken off. And it's something that we really believe in because a shotgun should be part of your home defense uh, setup as well as your survival uh, rifle rack. And, you know, there are a lot of different firearms out there that I absolutely, absolutely will advocate for. And if you guys know me, you know that I've been shooting Glocks longer than anything else. My first pistol was a Glock 19. I stupidly sold that Glock 19 when Connecticut had, you know, uh, the magazine ban. And I was like, well, if I can't carry the damn thing. Why am I going to own it? Well, I've since purchased two more Glock 19s uh, since moving to Utah and North Carolina. And the Glock 19 is probably my favorite pistol of all time. Well, I'll tell you, a lot of people poo-poo the Glock and they're like, oh, well, it's just a Glock. You know, the triggers are hard to master. 
But you look at the guys out there who have mastered the Glock, like Kyle DeFour, um, you know, my buddies uh, in STG, those are the guys who, who really show you that it's not so much the platform, it's the shooter. Well, there are things you can do to a Glock trigger, but you gotta be careful when you do those things to a Glock trigger because no one has tested a firearm more than say Glock, right? Like they're the ones who made it. They probably put millions of rounds through that gun. So anytime you get an aftermarket trigger, you gotta worry. Well, there's an exception to that. A few years back, a buddy of mine, his name is Mike Romano. He's in Connecticut, uh, one of my training partners back there. He's like, dude, you gotta get a Johnny Glock's trigger. And I'm like, what the hell is a Johnny Glock? And he goes, trust me get one so next thing you know i'm looking through johnny glock's catalog and there's this thing called the combat trigger and the talking points were hey it's made with all stock parts it's just polished and tweaked and i'm like how good could this damn thing be and i tried it and i was like mother of god this thing's amazing so i advocate for that and i want to dive deeper into this because i never even got the full story i just know that the products work so I want to talk to the man who's known as the Glock Whisperer. Well, it sounds like in the background right now, he's working on Glocks. And we're just going to talk about Austrian perfection uh, tweaked by a crazy man in Florida. I want to introduce you guys to Johnny Glock. Johnny, how you doing, buddy? I am doing absolutely stellar. And I'd like to say thank you so much for having me on. This is actually the, the very first podcast I've ever been on. So so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh what would the word be? It's just, it's a first. Let's just put it that way. Well, man, so I'm pretty excited about it. And, and so, yeah, I'm honored. Well, Definitely. it's, it's about time because I mean, it feels like you've been living in the shadows and your product is kind of like making waves in the industry. And, and when people find out about it, they're like, Whoa, how come more people don't know about this? But it seems like for a while it was kind of like you were just doing them small scale, but you're ramping up production and you're going, you know, balls to the wall right now. So where the heck did this idea come from? How did you get started? You know, it's really funny. I, I've always been into guns. You know, I was a, a massive hunter. You know, I was born in Pennsylvania, so it's just it's just in our blood. It's what we got to do. You know, um, I, I can't say I was, you know, a, a crazy gun enthusiast, but definitely knew my way around firearms. Um, and so, you know, my, my dad was always a 1911 guy. So when the Glock came out, I, you know, I wanted to be kind of different. I, and I grabbed one that was literally probably 25 years ago, you know, and um you know, back then it was just forums and stuff like that. And everyone was talking about, it. I got the gun. I'm like, this trigger is just awful. So I just kind of applied some of the stuff that I knew from, you know, having a, being raised on a farm, you have to like, uh, learn how to rig things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to go with the punches. And, and, uh, so basically, um, I just started applying some of the stuff to this trigger and it just, I kept getting better and better and better. And then I had some friends that were, you know, doing competitions and I said, Hey man, I've been doing some work with these, with these triggers. And they said, Oh yeah, can you do mine? And it just it literally took off that way. It was just like friends working on their guns, kind of getting my sea legs there, uh, seeing what worked, seeing what didn't work. And then I, uh, that was in Pennsylvania, you know, and so I was actually a massage therapist at the time. That was my really? location. I had pretty, yeah, yeah. I, had a pretty, I was more of a physical. Pittsburgh, you know, we have the Steelers, the Penguins, you know, uh, Pirates. So it's a big sports medicine town, and that's kind of like what I, what I specialized in, you know. So when I moved down here to Florida, uh, I, you know, I, I continued on with that. But you know, Florida's like a, a um, <clears throat> like a, a what's the saying that they use? So, uh, you know, when it's really good, it's good. When it's really bad, it's bad. So basically with the tourist season and with all the snowbirds that came down here, like during that time, 
it was really easy to have an income. And then after that left, I was just like, what am I supposed to do? I have kids, I have a mortgage, I have all this stuff. And I would, uh, you know, I, 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 I shooting to me is kind of cathartic, you know what I mean? So I would go to the range and just, you know, shoot to kind of clear my mind while I was trying to think of what my next move would be. And I met a, an instructor buddy of mine, uh, for the first time and i was you know i was putting holes through holes through holes at like 20 yards and the guy looks at me and says how, how are you doing that with the glock the trigger stinks mm-hmm. and i said well I, I i modified this one man why don't you because you mind if i check it out and i let him check it out and he was like he literally looked at me and he said man you should start a business and it was just like a bell went off and i was like you know what yeah i, I should and that was that was like 2010 and uh my feasibility study was I just got on Google and said gun shops near me. And there was literally from Naples to Tampa, probably like 140 gun stores right on Tamiami trail, because, you know, they call this the gunshine state. It's just a very firearm friendly state. And so I have a very solid background in sales. I used to do door to door sales. I used to sell siding and windows and all that stuff. So basically I can sell ice to an Eskimo. And I just took all those skills. I designed these triggers. I, would show up at these gun stores with them loaded up, ready to go packaged the triggers package and all that stuff. And I would just do that cold call. I'd walk in and say, Hey, my name is Johnny Glock. I designed a trigger for a Glock. You guys want to check it out They check it out. And you know, I had about 30 stores underneath my belt and that's how the whole thing started. All right. We got to back this thing up. So you're growing up on a farm and you're right. You can learn pretty much everything you need to know by living on a farm, right? You learn about life, you learn about death, you learn about sex, you learn about hard work, you learn about, you know, working hours. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, and then you <clears throat> probably upset your dad by choosing something that wasn't the pistol that won two world wars. And, uh, I'm sure that didn't, didn't go over too well. I mean, that that's been like a oh. long time argument, right? Glock or 1911 Glock or 1911. Oh, one's plastic. Oh, one, one has multiple safeties I can screw up or, you know, like all, all sorts of stuff like that. I mean, was your dad, oh, one yeah. of those guys, was your dad one of those guys that we can call like a boomer? And he was like, son, what the hell are you doing with that? It looks like a toy. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, not only that, it was the, uh, it was at hunting camp and, you know, fishing camp and all that stuff, the Tupperware gun and, you know, the, the, the comments and the laugh, you know, like, Hey, 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 how's your son doing with that, with that piece of Tupperware, you know? all those kind of jeers and, you know, and, and nowadays these guys see what I'm doing and they're like, man, you really shouldn't have made fun of you back then. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was definitely, and I definitely did it to set myself apart. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like, all right, my dad's got his thing. He's got a, mm-hmm. he's got good, you know, but, but I wanted to, you know, just like any man that's raised like a man, you know, wants to, wants to do his own thing. He's taught to do to be himself, you know what I mean? Not to yeah. follow. And that's basically like, that's a farm thing too. Like, you know, you got a man up and you got to, and you learn things that you just don't learn in, you know, in, in public school and stuff like that. So with that mentality, I was able to say, okay, I'm, I'm doing my own thing and I don't need to follow the, I don't need to follow the, the, the pack. And so that's kind of one of the, one of the reasons why I chose Glock because, um, like I said, I, I was doing my own thing. I was taught to always, you know, be my own man, be my own person. I think that's one of the hardest aspects of growing up with like a strong father is that people always are going to say like, well, you're in the shadow of your dad. Like my dad was a very prominent physician and he worked for over 50 something years. And then I start working in the school system in the same community that my dad 
had his practice in and people were like, Oh, you're the doctor's son. Oh, you're the doctor's, you know, like that type of thing. But, oh, yeah. you know, and that, and, and I love my dad to death and I am incredibly proud of the legacy that he's left. Um, and he's still, you know, kicking and doing his pushups in his underwear first thing in the morning, like that type of thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't do my pushups in, in underwear. I do them butt naked. Um, no, he, uh, you know, he, uh, he definitely left big shoes to fill, you know, and, and I'm doing my own thing, but I agree with you on that one. Like you got to set yourself apart a little bit from your dad. Um, and I'm sure people today, like, I think we've gotten to the point, hopefully we've gotten to the point where it's like, all right, that's a great firearm as a firearms enthusiast. I'm going to respect it, but I'm going to carry this thing. And I like, I'm done with caliber debates. I'm done with a lot of the the nonsense. It's like, I've got my personal preference. You got your personal preference. You know, what's, what's the best way to cook a steak? You know, some people would say, well, I like mine medium rare. I like mine rare. I like mine blue rare. Like, guess what? It comes on to you, man. I don't really care what you like. I know what I like done. Um, <clears throat> so you get, you start getting these glocks and you were saying that you made some, you did some modifications that worked and some modifications that didn't work. Right. right. We, we got, we got to talk about that for a hot second because I know they always say like, if you modify your gun, you void the warranty. Like, do you, did you have anything that you did that you would tell the listeners, like, whatever you do, don't do this. I screwed up. So you don't have to like, this is just straight up dangerous. Or is there anything that you're yeah, like, you know what it, you find out that this is a combat weapon. Mm-hmm. It's defined as a defensive weapon. So you don't want to push it past what it can do. You know, you can't throw a Ferrari engine inside of a, chevy and expect that you know the wheels not to come flying off Mm -hmm. so you know it's kind of that same kind of concept so when i was working with this i i I went man i was making you know i can still do it several ounce triggers where i was drilling making a fulcrum different changing the actually holes in the bar and changing the 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 screw position on the actual screw it was just all, all kind of different stuff but you know i i knew well enough what i was doing and i had a couple blocks at that point but that's the main thing. Like you can't push that system past and it comes to reliability. You can Mm -hmm. do it and you can get away with it for a little bit, you know, but so, you know, this year, last year I built uh, two guns that actually, one of them actually won the world shoot in Thailand. No. So, yeah. And I mean, you have to have them. So they're as close to three pounds as possible. They hang them on, they hang a weight off the trigger. And if that trigger breaks, you go to the next class and that's just, you just can't have that. You know, we just couldn't have that. So, you know, these guns, it's a one-time thing. So basically you got to really, really know what you're doing. I always tell people the Glock is a seemingly simple gun. Yeah. A monkey could take it together and put it apart, but until you've worked with it, until you've had, you know, thousands of these things through your hands, you get an, you get a very different uh, respect for it, especially, you know, you start to understand like anything with a master, with a knife or any anything that's skill based like that. You have a, you know, a process of where like, you, you know, especially as a young guy, you, you think you know it all and then you realize you don't know anything and then you got to kind of come back to the middle, you know. And so that was it. Like I pushed it as far as I could. And then I found this recipe that was completely different from the recipe at the time. I just didn't pay attention, you know, cause I wasn't like a Glock guy. So all the stuff the Glock guys were doing at the time just didn't make sense to me. It was nonsensical. So I did something completely different, you know, and it was, uh, you know, this was at the time when the forums were going on with like Brian Enos and stuff like that. And man, I, I still to this day 
cannot post on Brian Enos without the moderator approving it because I alpha dogged so many guys back in the day when I was making a name for myself. Weekly. Now I, yeah, now I could care less. And it's funny because one of the moderators was a competitor of mine. I think he's still building triggers, but it's just it's just hysterical, you know. And I just said, you know, I got a wealth of knowledge for you guys, but I'm not going to sit there and post and wait for like an okay from a moderator and say, okay, we approve this post. You know, it's funny. Years ago, I was a, a moderator on <clears throat> uh, blade forums, right? Blade forums and knife forums. And I'd have to go in there and do all the moderator talk and all that. Like, okay, what do you think of this? Is it inflammatory? Oh, is it, you know, is he trying to sell something on this site? You know, it, it sounds very sales pitchy, that type of thing. When we look back at it, I think that's going to be like, like a, a period of time that we can just laugh at because those, those forums were pre Facebook and pre Instagram, like, you know, before things could really blow up. And I mean, really a lot of it was, I mean, right around the same time that YouTube was kind of coming on the scene, but it wasn't as prominent as, as today. And of course it's, it's Tuesday when I'm recording this and you can hear the landscapers again outside. It's, it's kind of like a running gag here. Um, so, uh, yeah, th those forums, I remember Glock talk back in the day. I remember going on Glock yeah. talk and I remember there was like the 10 millimeter circle, right? Where guys were all about the 10 mil. I remember like there was the, the subcompact forum and, and all those, all those things. And I learned a lot on there. Um, I learned a lot about like what people carried and how they carried it. And, and, and it was fun to read. And every once in a while there'd be like a photo thread and you just like waste hours skimming through and seeing Glocks in the wilderness and, and you name it. Um, right. But I take it when you joined those forums, you just said it before, but I just want to know what it was that kind of burst people's bubbles. Like when you were on those forums, what was it that really like drove people up a, up a wall? Like how did you how did you kind of spark controversy when you first got out there? Because it seems like that controversy also led to a lot of people opening their eyes. Like you don't just have to keep it that way. You can modify it in a safe way. Like what what was it that it you was were saying? Safety. It was safety. It was 100% safety. So someone that was a neophyte would say something that was completely dangerous. And I would say, you are absolutely 100% without a doubt wrong. Do not listen to this man. Do not do this modification. You are going to find out within so many rounds that you have destroyed your gun or that this will happen or that will happen because that's what people do. They, anyone can create a one-off trigger. Yeah. You know? But how long is it going to last? How reliable is it going to be? How, you know, what problems are you, I always use the, uh, and I love this analogy and everyone kind of knows it. It's like, remember when Iron Man and the guy, the other guy had the big suit and they're flying up real high and he said, Hey, what did you do about the icing problem? Mm. And then the other guy's suit iced over and he, do you remember that scene? I do I remember that scene. Up. Yeah. So it's like that. So he had not gone up that high yet. So he had no idea he was going to ice over. But since Iron Man had already done that, he knew. And that was the thing. Like, I was the guy that knew. I knew all this stuff because I was putting the hours in and putting the time in. And these guys just didn't know it because they were just shooting competitions on the weekend or, or whatever, or really tinkering. And, and I had had a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of experience under my belt. Yeah. And so that's really what they would hang me on. Never heard of you. You don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, you know, and that's really why I started the YouTube channel because that YouTube channel is all about safety and education. So, you know, if I did put something up on, you know, a forum, I could say, watch this video. And I would literally show the malfunction, how it happens, the, 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 uh, the functionality behind it and all that kind of stuff. And then people would be like, oh, yeah, I guess, 
he's actually right, you know. And uh, and it was years and years. Nowadays, it's funny. You don't have to do anything like I'm Johnny Glock of the Glock Whisperer. I say something on Facebook, you know, um, you know, and, and my Facebook, I have a Facebook, Jack Schmidt, you know, like I'm, I'm Irish, so Jackson John. So I actually am baptized John. That's why I did the Johnny Glock thing. But, you know, every once in a while, I post under my name and. Uh, and a lot of people do know how I am, but some people don't, and they'll start to chirp up, and then all of a sudden it's like all the other guys, <laughs> I don't have to say anything anymore. You know what I mean? They're like, hey, man, you, you do realize who you're talking to here. Like this guy has forgot more about Glocks than, than all of us even know. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but that was the main thing. It was a safety thing, and, and, I'll, and I'll stand by that 100%, and that's literally what my YouTube channel is about. Like these are tools. These people die i've seen negligence it's it's you can have zero tolerance whatsoever when it comes to firearms zero Mm -hmm. you have to absolutely 100 percent, without a doubt know what you're doing always have you know always test always double test always check your equipment a friend of mine just had an nd the other day and it was because his glock trigger safety failed it's a stock glock but that little trigger safety spring that's a leaf spring snapped. I have a video that talks about how to repair it, but he dropped his gun and launched one right into the back of his leg. No kidding. And yeah. You know, and, it, and it's still there. You know what I mean? They, 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 and he came out the other day and I looked at his gun um, and I'm like, yeah, your trigger safety fouled. And that was it. So you have to be very vigilant. You have to pay attention to your equipment. He only had 300 rounds through the gun. It was a little 42. Now, luckily, he didn't have his tw- – and I said, let me see your 29 because he has, he has a big boy too. He has a 10 mil, and and it was the same thing. That trigger safety tab was starting to fail. So I said, now we got to – we got to – I got to take both these in, and I'll do a video about it. And that's what I'll do. I'll do a video about both these guns, talk about his negligent discharge, and try to get it through people's heads that they have to, have to, have to, have to always check their equipment. And nowadays it's like shootings, the new golf or, or, or something like that. So everyone, it's trendy, you know, so everyone, their brother puts everything except the kitchen sink on their guns. And it, it's, it adds up to a lot of tolerance, compound intolerance issues that people just can't foresee because they're not gunsmiths or they're listening to their buddies or they're listening to forums or Facebook or something like that. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but that's, you know, I'm coming up on like 4 million views on my YouTube channel, but I only have like 50,000 subscribers and I'm hoping with, you know, within this new year with the new building and all that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm really, I, I hired a social media guy and I really want to push it because it's good information. You know, it really mm-hmm. is. It's, it's life-saving information that people know this stuff because, you know, it, it happens. Uh, we had a high level uh, negligent discharge death here a couple of years ago and it was a shame because it was a dad shot his 14 year old son oh, right geez. down through the clavicle and right through his heart. He had a, he had a, uh, you know, hot brass laying on his neck and he went to clear the hot brass with the top of his gun. It was a 1045. And when he did that, he pulled the trigger and, and, and just the saddest thing in the world killed his son. You know, I, I, I can't even, so it's real. It's real. And the fact that I work with so many law enforcement and so much, you know, special ops and, and SWAT and, and agencies and all that stuff. Like I always tell my employees, like this is what you have to get through your head. Imagine an officer coming home and telling his wife and his kids that their husband and their dad is dead because of Johnny Glock's trigger failed. Mm. You cannot. And if that doesn't put chills on your arm, that's what I tell them. Then, then you're not you're not right for this job. 
Like you have to understand that you have to look at everything like that because it's that, it's that big of a deal, you know, but nowadays since it's so commonplace and it's all about the build, I want my gun to look like Nintendo. I want my gun to look like, you know, the latest Marvel movie or something like that. And all the laser etching, which is, which has its place and it's all fine, but safety first, safety first, you know, from your survival stuff, a mechanical injury mm-hmm. is the first thing that's going to take you out. Period. <clears throat> You're done. On. You're done. You're tapping. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I look at some of the guns that show up to fieldcraft events, right? Whether it's a, a shooting event or guys showing up to like a survival class and they want to carry their pistol on their belt. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Just we're not shooting during a survival class. Just keep it holstered, that type of thing. But, you know, every so often someone's like, oh, can I just show you something after class? I'm like, sure, after class. And then I look at what what's being carried and I'm like, well, why would you take something that's already functional and add that and that and that and that? And then the other thing is like, People don't know the distinction between a competition firearm or something that's just a range gun. And by range gun, I mean like you're not staking your life on it. Maybe you have it for nostalgia. Maybe you have it because it was carried at one point, you know, by this military or that military, but you don't necessarily want to carry it because there are better options out there. But there are a lot of folks out there that think like just because something looks cool, it, it must mean that it works well. And that's just not the case. Like, I'm not a fan of slide cuts. I don't like the idea of having extra holes in my slide where dirt and debris can get in, especially with what I do and where I go. You know, I'm not a big fan of, um, you know, a lot of these aftermarket accessories. I'm not a big fan of stippling. You know, it's just, it's not my thing. Like I want to keep that firearm as close to the original as possible. Now, of course there are folks out there. Like uh, I just had a podcast with Ernest Langdon and Langdon tactical. And, you know, he's done more with Beretta's, shotguns than anyone else I've ever I've ever seen and I've got a bunch of his components on my gun and it works great you know and he swears by it and I trust his word the way that I trust yours but I think like you said when you start modifying a lot of your gear you start really as you said stacking those tolerances in the same way that like the original 1911 worked with dirt and debris and and all over the world because they were meant to be put together with interchangeable parts and those tolerances were so loose, kind of like an AK. And I know I'm talking about John Moses, Moses Browning's you know, greatest invention compared to a communist gun, but 1911s back in the day worked flawlessly because they weren't super tight. But now once you start tightening that slide and you start tightening you know, the uh, the barrel and you start tightening the barrel to the, uh, the bushing, like you start stacking those tolerances and the gun doesn't want to work the way that a Glock will. Um, but people don't want to admit yeah i made a mistake maybe i should go back to original maybe they those are engineers know something i don't you know they have um, money and yeah they have money invested too so they don't want to and you know it's like my guns everyone says oh what, what are you carrying it's a bone stock except for the trigger and the sights of course you know the optic uh glock 19 yeah because i like the weight in the slide it's designed that way for the blowback ratio you know that it's and I, believe me, I've, I've played with every single gun under the, you know, in the world. I'm sure you can imagine all the different comps oh, yeah. and all that stuff. And they're just not, as far as I'm concerned, they're just, they, it's just like the cars nowadays with all the computers in it. You know, the more things you have on it, the more things can go wrong. So if you keep it as stock as possible and the trigger, I'm sorry, the trigger is the number one thing. It's the, it's the efficient it's trigger control. You know, any moron can line up the sights, but, you know, the more efficient that trigger is, the faster you can get the shot off, the, the faster your follow-up shot is. You know, and, and you don't have to push it so everyone wants this pre-travel that's nothing, but you can't have that, you know. And you talked about a competition gun, you know, like 
everyone says, oh, what's the difference between your competition? Because that's where the rubber meets the road. I have a combat and I have a competition. Very simple. And the point is the competition. I tell them, look, every time that beeper goes off, you're pulling that trigger. It's not like the beep, you know, the beeper goes off and you're not going to pull that trigger. You will pull it every single time on that first shot. So that's the difference. It's got a different. So when you when you when you draw and you marry your hands and you're punching out onto the target, it's like pull, 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 break. There's nothing that is going to stop you. There's no indicator or anything like that. There's no wall. Because I know every time you pull that trigger, you're gonna fire it. Now with the competition with the with the combat, it's completely different. You need that predictable wall. You need something that indicates that the next amount of pressure you put into that trigger, it is going to go bang. That's why the 3.5 connectors and stuff like that, they, there's this no man's land. You kind of come up against something. There's this sponginess. You don't, you don't know when it's going to go off. And I know the triggers, I know the shots are supposed to be a surprise, but it's not supposed to surprise you. You know, understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I can't tell you how many classes I've been to. And people just cook one off and you know they didn't mean to do it. <laughs> and it's because it's because their trigger is designed to be like a mushy rolling break. And so you don't want that on a defensive weapon. You just you want into you want as far as my training is concerned, and from what I've learned, and, and I know everyone has their deal. I was taught by uh, you know federal air marshals, and I'm, anyone can attest they're pretty good shots, and they pretty much know what they have to do. You know, you're shooting someone in the you know thirty thousand feet, you better be a damn good shot. And their uh, their um, uh, whatever the word is, their qualifying stuff is just just unreal. It's unreal what I've, what I've, what, I've, what they have to do. So you know, I'm going to listen to them. <laughs> because when it comes to proficiency, you know, th- they pretty much have it down. And so like with that, like I said, you need that predictable wall in a situation where if you look at statistic statistics, you know, and you watch people, a lot of guys get their finger on that trigger before they should have it on there, you know? And, and so if you don't have some kind of insurance, you know, an assurance, you're going to blow right through that cook one off and you could spend the rest of your life in jail because you potentially might've had to defend yourself uh, there was a high, there was a high priority or you know high profile case here in Florida where, you know, a guy pulled into a gas station. His girlfriend was there in the car. He just went to get, and she he pulled into the handicap, and he went to get uh, beer or something like that. And when he came out, there was a guy there, and given given his girlfriend crap because she was in a handicap, and the guy pushed him. The guy set his beer down and pushed him over, and on the ground the guy pulled and drawed and killed him. Mm-hmm. And they played that tape over and over again. And when they slowed it down, they saw that after he pushed him, he dropped back into his heels. He was not in a, he was not on his toes. He was not in the position of aggression that he was going to go after him on the ground. And on those grounds and a bunch of other different grounds, this guy's had a lot of prior road rage and he's been cited before for brandishing his weapon. He was just looking to shoot someone, but now he's in jail for a good long time, you know, because every situation is different. And so that situational awareness and that knowledge of what to do, you know, it all started with the push. You didn't need to push him. But the point is, you know, you just have to keep your head on a swivel, man. You have, I, I teach my boys that all the time. Like here in Florida, it's crazy. You even put your hand through someone's window, like say their window's down. As soon as you break that plane, that's a felony. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have, you have to know this kind of thing because young kids don't. And, 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 and you know, the saying is come to Florida on vacation, leave on probation because oh, this is my a, God. Yeah, it's a law and order state. It really is. And they don't mess around. You know, everyone says, Oh, it's about money and, and but it's safe. You know, that's, that's the one thing. And DeSantis has done an awesome job. And even before DeSantis, you know, so, but you have to understand these things and you have to understand 
them in context with training and with your firearm and you know people get leg strikes and i say that's a necessary evil you have to have leg strikes so you know even the best quality ammunition we throw crap in there because we know we want to clear our malfunctions while we're training you have to if something goes down in a gunfight you've never done that you've never had a light strike you're up you're up the creek man this episode is brought to you by biopro plus why do our hormones suck as we get older our human growth hormone and its derivative of growth factors can reduce by 50% by age 35. And it doesn't matter how hard you train, how good you eat. If we don't have the proper hormones in our body, we're not going to get the results we want. BioPro Plus is the first of its kind non-synthetic alternative to prescription human growth hormone. All the benefits of synthetic HGH without any of the needles, side effects, or doctor's visits. Guys, that's the ad that I'm supposed to read, and it's the truth. But I've been on BioPro myself for a year and a half, and it has drastically changed my life, my fitness, and my health in general. I suffer from traumatic brain injury from years of blast overpressure, uh, working with explosives, and uh, I don't suffer from any of the side effects anymore. My fitness is better than it's ever been, and I'm going to be 45 next week. So head on over to BioProteinTech.com. Click on the link, use code FIELDCRAFT for $30 off your first order. Don't take it from me. Go try it yourself. Yeah, it's interesting when someone does have a malfunction in a class, and then the guys who are more senior in the class or the ones that have been through a bunch of training, tap rack, tap rack, tap rack. You know, you hear them yelling it to the other student, and then there's always that one student that, you know, they, they try to press the trigger again, then you see them, like, jamming the 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 muzzle down right like they've got that anticipation like it, it's not going it's not going you know and right, then the, right, one, the right. one that will like my favorite is when they they're running say a course of fire they get a malfunction and then they lower their pistol like below their waist and then they turn around and like one hand comes up like what do i do now it's like work through it you know do what you got to do right do do what you got to do yeah or, the, or or they don't go they don't stay undercover you know like don't run immediately to cover you know so I'm like if you have a bad malfunction you know get the heck out get back into cover you know or even the type 2 malfunction we got to strip the mag and jam it right back up in you know i remember the first time i had one of those it was it was eye opening you know, mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, now I know what to do. And then guess what I would do? I would train. I would train it over and over again. So I knew intuitively what to do. Yeah, I'll tell you, man. I, I love the whole training aspect because, you know, that scenario that you just talked about with the guy putting his hand through through the window of the car. It's like, okay, you have a car. Can you break contact? Can you get away from that person? You know, are you able to position your vehicle before someone has that road rage incident where you can see the back tires of the car in front of you, you can drive away or you can put it in reverse as opposed to thinking like I only have one option and that's to put a bullet in a person. And now, like you said, leave on probation. Well, maybe you are able to win that criminal case. Maybe you're not able to win the civil case. So, you know, I get it. Like I want to carry a farm every single day because I know that we live in a crazy, crazy world. But I also know that I want to live well. Like I want to live well. I want to you know, have kids with my girlfriend. I want to, you know, be a father someday. I want to, you know, have a nice little retirement home. I want to be a, a weird fisherman that goes out every single morning before the, the sun comes up, you know, like, like I don't want are you, are you an avid fisherman, dude. I fish like crazy. Like it doesn't matter if it's saltwater or freshwater. That was my summer job. I would take people down to class three whitewater and a uh, 11 mile run up there in Ohio, Powell, Yockagini river. And I would show them how to fly fish. 
Oh my, my son, God. Job. So yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about. Like I want to be the guy that yells at canoers, even though I'm a canoer and a kayaker, I want to be the guy that's like, you know, you just crossed my line, asshole, you know, like, like, I, <laughs> like I want that. So I don't want to have to use my firearm in a way that could damage the potential of a good life. Now, let, let, let's get back into this whole idea of safety. So when I got your trigger, um, because a lot of this podcast comes down to the fact that like, I've been using your stuff, I swear by it. When I got it, I was like, well, I don't know how I feel about uh, putting in something that's aftermarket. But my buddy Mike was like, Kev, he's using all stock parts, but he polishes this and he, he changes this out, but it's it's all stock. I mean, did you ever get anyone that was like, um, like draw a line in the sand and they were like, you can't do this. I mean, and then who was your, your like greatest advocate where like you knew that you made it because you had someone who maybe was an old diehard and they said, Hey, don't ever use this. And now they are like, when, when did you kind of get over the hill, so to speak of starting your own company and like making it, when did you know that you were, you're starting to make it? Um, you know, it, remember the show punked? Oh yeah. Ashton Kusher. Yeah. So I got a call from Deb Brew one day and I thought I was being punked and it was because of my YouTube channel. And they said, Hey, you know, we're, we're carrying Glock in our bags and we had Glock come and do a class and it was mostly nomenclature and, you know, us, we were all checking out your, your YouTube channel and we were wondering if you would, you know, would be interested in, you know, writing curriculum and teaching class. And I was like, come on, dude, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 no. Because this is back in the day, like, I didn't know much about technology. My wife got pregnant with our third child. It was a, the first trimester was, she was in bed the whole time. So I couldn't go to those stores and keep, I, I couldn't do that territory thing. So I switched to online sales. But because I was such a noob, I built a website, but it said call to get something. So you had to call me and then you had to order through PayPal. You know, so it was it was so backwards, you know, it was crazy. Um, and so but I got this kind of uh, uh, what would the word be just like this cred, because a lot of a lot of, you know, guys that, you know, I don't really talk about it much because I just I just like to stay whatever about it. But, you know, it was a lot of special operators that were hollering at me and it was because of the YouTube channel. And so basically they said, hey, do you want to create curriculum and for us? And I and I was like. Okay. I mean, let's put it this way. It never got off the ground because at the time I was just too busy, you know, trying to, it just never got off the ground. We started it. I got together with a couple operators and wrote a list of what could possibly happen, you know, but I was even doing stuff like how do you whittle a sapling to make a trigger spring in a Glock if you need one? How do you shoot the Glock with, I can shoot a Glock with three parts, you know, so if your long gun goes down and you, and you have, you know, and you have your, 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 complete lowers destroyed and all you have is your upper this is how you actually fire this weapon with a glove hand and uh you know i i, I know how to do it you know so it was stuff like that and that was a, that was a cool accolade you know so that's when i was like all right people people are paying attention and then uh then i know you know tom marshall correct mm-hmm. recoil okay so so I, I think it was about 2017 maybe 16 that tom got a hold of me and I said, hey, let's send me your guns and we'll do a video series. You know, so I did a various, it's still up there to this day, Tom, you know, Tom Marshall from Recall, a video series. You know, uh, at that point, he was just doing, he was just kind of a, ed, I mean, he wasn't the editor at that time. He was uh, like a staff writer. 
A staff writer, right, right. And so we did this thing with his gun, and it was awesome. And I never expected anything about it. And he said the same thing. He's like, hey, you know, it's just like, I, you know, it, it's not happening. It's not, I can't get you anything in recall. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, um, but then 2018, in March, he calls me and said, hey, I'm a, I'm editor of Off Grid now, and I want to do something. And I'm like, sweet. He's like, but you have to get an actual website. You have to do this. You have to do that. You know, because still up to that point, I was doing this, you know, call by call thing. I was making one offs, you know, and uh, and it did. And it, and it was a, it was a hill to climb. I remember when Irma happened and we had to leave Florida and we were sitting at a campground in in uh, in uh, what's it called? Uh, Tennessee. We were in, in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm looking at my wife and I'm like, if someone doesn't buy a trigger here in the next day, like we're not eating tomorrow. Like that's how it got to be. And then all of a sudden you hear cha-ching with PayPal. And I'd be like, yes, you know, $200 trigger, we're good. But, you know, I think it was, I think those kind of, that kind of humble beginning or that kind of struggle, like really does something, you know, it really does something to, I, I, I never take this thing for granted. You know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, when you put that kind of hard work and you, I started out with a 49C, I wouldn't even have, might have a 49CC scooter. You know, and I took that 15 miles back and forth on Tamiami Trail in Florida, which is a nightmare, back and forth to work. And all I had was a little rolling cart to my name. And I just kept plugging along and plugging along and plugging along and plugging along. And it was great because my kids got to see that whole thing. And so they know, like, I love this country. I love the American dream. It exists. You can do whatever you want to do if you have the gumption and you have the drive and you have the discipline. And so basically, you know, that's that's kind of. You know, that's that's the, the transition of how things happen. So that's what happened. I, that, I got that recoil article hit and it was just like, boom, overnight. It was like it just started going off the charts. I had to hire someone. I had to get I started getting more inventory, you know, and then ever since then, it just the, the company has been growing 200 percent per year over top of itself. So much so now that we're out of the space I was renting, just bought this farm with a 400 4,000 square foot barn. The business is going in there. We live right next door to it. And both of my sons work for me, you know, 15 and 18, and we can just bounce right over and I have good employees. And so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, you know, I never borrowed money from anyone. You know what I mean? I've always just, if we didn't have it, we didn't have it, you know? So uh, that's kind of like been the progression and, you know, and, and, and luckily I had all my chops down by the time I got notoriety, like at a different level, I knew ex ultimately confident with what I was doing had, you know, right now I have about 250, 300 agencies and departments that use these triggers for duty. That's an accolade. You know what I mean? So, and like you said, I use just block parts, you know, because they work and I know they're going to work so I can go sleep at night, you know, <laughs> knowing that like it is going to work and every single trigger to this day, is tested by me on that bench, every single one. Man, you know it's it's a it's the American dream, right? You started with a with an interest of yours, and you've you've grown it. And I think it's kind of cool that you have your your kids working there. And before we jumped on the podcast, you said you pulled them from the school, and I love the idea that they're learning small business because I mean it's technically a small business, even though you're all over the place. Yeah. It's, you're, they're learning small business management, which. So many people say that, that those are skills that they don't teach in the high school anymore. And to some degree, they don't. I mean, there are good curriculum that show like, okay, this is how you run a business and this and that. But many of those courses are electives where kids have to sign up for them. They're not mandatory, you know, and you're giving your kids a, a real view into like, 
This is how you run a business. This is how you scale. And obviously with scaling, it's, there's new problems that come up, right? Like I'm sure, I'm sure there's a moment you had probably pucker factor of like 11 when you probably got an order. You were like, Oh my God, I'm not going to sleep. I need caffeine to like get me through the night or whatever. Like, was there ever a time (laughs) like that where you're like, this is good, but Oh gosh, my life is gone for the next week or so. Like, was there ever like a, like a watershed moment where you said that's a big order? Yeah. Well, black Friday, you know what I mean? I only do one sale a year and it's black Friday. And the first one I was not prepared for, or even when I launched a couple of times, I've launched some like, so, you know, there was a company that made a trigger. Like, that's what I do. I like, I do my triggers, but then if something comes out, I'll innovate on top of it, you know? So, uh, there was the Glock performance trigger, say that came out, you know, and I said, okay, I can change this up and make it 80% better what I did. So I ordered a hundred triggers from my manufacturer. We, we sold 600 that weekend, the weekend I launched the video. It was insane. And I'm like, oh my, you know, and the shops just covered and littered with, you know, cause to keep things expedited, we're printing the packing slips and the labels at the same time. And it just, it was just insane, you know, but with black Friday, my first black Friday, you know, it, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. You know, we did six figures. It was nuts. And, and, you know, I'm looking at these orders coming in because I have Shopify and I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't even have the parts for these, <laughs> you know? So yeah, <laughs> I had to call a buddy of mine. Luckily it was during the time when, you know, right during like coronavirus sort of started happening. So, you know, and, and the whole ghost gun thing. So guys were closing shop. They just were like, we're done. We're done on that. So I would have to buy an entire person's shop of parts. Like I don't need extractors. I don't, I just do triggers, but they would say, Hey, look, if you want this, you have to buy everything. So, you know, I write a check for, you know, whatever, but you know, a portion of that would be stuff that's still sitting in my shop that I just never use. And I don't have the time to put it on the website for like nickel and diamond and stuff like that. At some point I will. Um, but yeah, that's, it's always been the black Friday sale. It's, it's been just insane, insane. Let's and talk like about- I said, my boys, it's funny, my boys, yeah. they're machines. They've been working with me since they've been like seven and eight. And, and you know, for a while there, we did send them to school. After the coronavirus, I said, look, if you guys want to check out school, we, I'll send you. And they said, yeah, we do. And so I said, this is a really good time to go into school because everything's going to be so messed up. No one's going to know what the heck's going on. So we enrolled them in public school. And, uh, you know, we uh, it only took like a two years and we're like no we're not doing this anymore this is ridiculous it's it's the most it's the most ridiculous circus that and even here in florida i remember my son had like a two and a half hour zoom call it was about bullying and it was a woman saying she was a man with a rainbow mohawk and all kind of face piercings and went through the whole LGBTQ thing. And, and, you know, my sons, it's funny cause I'll listen to like Ben Shapiro and those guys, you know, Bongino, you know, we'll have that on. And so they're very, they understand propaganda, you know, and my, my son came home and said, dad, you will not believe what we just had to see. And none of the parents knew I called the school up and said, look, my daughter watched finding Nemo last week and I had to sign a release. Why was I not told about this to opt out? I don't want my kids sitting through this garbage. And they said, well, it's under the mental health statute. And I'm like, oh, so that's how they're slipping it in now. They'll find a way to slip it in. It is. It's in, People don't get it. They just don't get it because a lot of parents are busy and they're not paying attention. You know, it's it's really hard. You want to home your school, your kids. It's hard. It's 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 uh, it's it's got to be dedicated. And so, you know, but we realized what what a garbage environment it was. And so my kids both started school this year again, they were going to go. And after two weeks, we're just like, 
nah, we're done. We're done. My 18-year-old was able to graduate because you can do that here in Florida at 18. And uh, and then my 15-year-old, we're just doing some cyber school with him and basically teaching him. Like you said, you can learn everything you need to learn on a farm. So I have a funny feeling you're probably making people's heads explode with the fact that you're teaching you know, young men how to work on guns. Probably making some people that are very left-leaning like absolutely ticked off right now, and I, I love that. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know, there and, and like I said, the, my one floor manager when they started coming back to work after we bounced them out. Well, it was summertime; they were in school. So I said, my boys are coming into work. Just and she was like, at the time I had a, uh, uh, Chelsea was her name. She was like, well, am I gonna have these? They're your kids. I don't feel right about this. Am I gonna have to like micromanage them? Am I gonna have to? What am I gonna have to do here? And I'm like, you're gonna have to stay out of their way. You just tell them what to do. And it was like the first two days. She was like, holy crap. These kids are machines. They just put their head down. They listen to a podcast or something. And they just, they know exactly what they're doing because they're trained that way. You know, it's time for lunch. They take lunch and they're just right back at it. But, you know, that kind of worth ethic is instilled, you know, by example, by, by watching what their father did and, and, and working closely with your kids. I mean, they're your kids. It's the greatest assets you have, the most important thing. So, uh, you know, we decided we send my, my daughter goes to a Christian Montessori school um, because it's great. You know, she's learning the word of the Lord. And at the same time, she's learning. She, she's a Montessori kid. It's just very, very interesting education. And and we spent time vetting the school and we've talked to them because you could go to a Christian school, too, and it could be totally bogus Christianity. You know, and there's a lot of that. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on as well. So, um you know, it was a type of it was a type of Christian school that had our same exact kind of values when it came to, you know, Christianity. So we're, we're totally fine with her and she's thriving and she loves it, you know. But as far as the boys, you know, like they're both coming to me with CanCon. They'll both be there at CanCon uh, for the recall event. It's coming up here next week. So uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier. So I got I, I got working. I got two more questions for you and then a couple other things. But the first question is. I'm sure people at this point are like, okay, he's got to give away a little bit of the secret sauce. Like what's the magic that you do? Like without going into too much of the trade secrets or anything proprietary, like what is it that you do to a, a stock trigger set to make it perform better? Like whatever you want to give away. And then I also want to talk to you about that new project that you have coming out at CanCon. So let's start off with like, okay. what is it that you do to the trigger that squeaks out that performance that other people aren't able to replicate on their own, or maybe they don't have the skill set to. And then later on, let's talk about that that new trigger. So, what is, what is it that makes a giant so block trigger separate? You could really put that all together if if you watch my YouTube mm -hmm. channel, okay? But it's a less is more thing, and it's knowing that metal on metal, all those all those interfaces. You know, if you have five things interfacing, you have to address five things. And since the Glock are stamped parts, even the parts are a little bit off. So when I'm working, I have a five Diopler magnifying glass. I have, uh, you know, different grit wheels spinning at about 35,000 uh, revolutions per minute. And I'm look at the bar and then I have to decide what I'm going to do because it's all and, and it's it's literally that specific. So, you know, when I sit down with 100, I only do 100 at a time because that's how I do my focus. And I will take the radius, say, of the, of the trigger bar in the rear there. And I will, I will take that 
that gunsmithing wheel. I will use a file and make my own kind of groove in it. And then I'll start working these triggers, every single one of them. So zip, zip, zip. But since they're stamped parts, they're all going to have different, you know, high spots and low spots and all that kind of stuff. And you have to know the difference between that. You know, you can't, oh, look, there's an imperfection there. Well, that imperfection is a low spot. If you try to get the low spot out, you're going to really mess things up because now you're going to start going through plating and stuff that you, you don't need to go through. So, you know, there's the radius of the trigger bar that interfaces with the connector. So the ledge of the connector and the connector has to be addressed. There's the vertical extension that interfaces with the firing pin safety. Those two things have to be addressed. That's why all my dropping kits have firing pin safeties with them. And then the last is the, uh, the cruciform kick up, which, you know, some people call the seer interfacing with the striker lug face. So all, uh, you know, and if you buy my, you know, full on kits, you know, with the striker, and that's what I sent you every single one of those interfaces is addressed so it's like symphonic it's synergistic you know you have to address them all and when you do and so you have a bunch of parts too you have a five pound connect you have a 5.5 you have a 3.5 you have all you know if you look closely at all the <clears throat> radiuses of the trigger bars they're all different the 43 is different from the 19 from the gen 3s which is different from the gen 5s which is different from the gen 4s which is different from the 10 millimeter 45s they all have different little slopes and angles and so working with these over and over and over again, you know, it, it, it's uh, that's why I never get bored. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't become rote. It's just like, all right, all right, I got, oh, now I got to turn my hand a little bit different this way. And I could show you exactly how to do it, but it's just like, you know, giving a you give a chef a steak and give me a steak and it's going to be two different outcomes. Right. Yeah. So that's it. So basically that's it. And then the action and the action being addressed is, is very, very easy. That's just using set screws in certain areas to stop the trigger bar from moving and even with that you have to tap them a certain way so they don't move because you can't really lock tight that i mean you can we've used the adhesive before but it's pointless you know so it's a process of prepared proprietary process of tapper taping and knowing when to stop and how to and you know every single little 440 set screw is actually uh hand uh sanded and polished on the end with a hard felt bar so like when the cruciform hits that there's no glitch there's no scratch. i mean every single part of that trigger and that's my niche you know is addressed and that's what you have to do and then the last thing is the weight everyone wants their trigger to be light but that's you can get in the light strikes with that so you have to know you know you have to put a 4.5 pound spring you're going to get some light strikes with crappy ammo and that's kind of what you want but with any kind of manufactured ammo especially defensive that 4.5 pound spring is going to is going to torch everyone. So it's stuff like that, you know, and, and that's basically the secret sauce. It's paying attention to every single part. All right, so I do all that. I do all that. And then my kids or whoever's working will put them together in a tray. So they'll come back with 50 assembled and then drop it in a gun. Do the do the safety test. Done. Drop it in a gun. Do the safety test. Check engagement. Done one after another, after another, after another. Sometimes I have my son sit with me and we're just doing two or three triggers at a time, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. This next, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it really is. It's, it's labor intensive, but it's not labor intensive because we're just sitting there and it's great because it's great conversation. You know, it's, it's, you know, it, it's a, it's, we're all guys in the shop now. Uh, and so, you know, you got that banter, you got that competitive, like, nudging each other and you know messing with each other going on and it's just yeah it's just a really really great crew yeah and, and everyone's I, on 
I was going to say, I think you can, you can pick up on that in your videos. I've watched a few of them where like you guys are like, it seems like a locker room, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, the culture there is we keep it like, so I like remember in the beginning when we were talking, I was saying, you have to have that mindset. You have to have that mindset that someone could die and, and, and there's consequences to that. So that's how important your job is. And someone, people might say, ah, come on, you know, but obviously you're, that's not the guy I want working for me. <laughs> you know, I want the guy that's like, yeah. People could die doing this. Pay attention. So you have that overarching uh, aspect to, to your work. But at the same time, you can be laid back and cut up and have fun and you know have a decent lunch break and get paid a good wage and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it, it pays dividends to have like a very good work culture that, you know, everyone's on the same page. There's no drama. Everyone knows their part. Everyone knows what they're supposed to do. And it just, it's, it's rhythmic, you know, it, it's just flows. It flows. So even when the, you know, crap hits the fan and we have a huge order, which is coming in for a thousand, everyone's all, yeah, everyone's all hands on deck, you know, and that's putting that little trigger shoe together with little set screws. Everything has to be Loctited. Everything has, so it doesn't back. I mean, there's a, there's an entire protocol to everything. And we have manuals for that just to make sure. Because, you know, if I pass away, my wife needs to start running this business. So that's another thing that people don't think about. You know, you if, if what's the contingency? What if dad, you know, what if dad something happens? Mm-hmm. And my boys will be able to carry this on because we have, you know, we have enough stuff set up. That, you, know, vet, you know, my manager knows the vendors. And yeah, it's that's a big part of it as well to, to leave a legacy. And I'm glad I'm, I love it that my kids are so into this. And we shoot just about every other day now that we have a range here. That was like the first thing we did. We dug out a pond and, you know, stacked together about 2,000 tires and built a range so we could all be out there and shoot. You know, so we could take a lunch break and shoot. And then we have a pond. We're going to stock it. We'll have, you know, Friday night Johnny Glock fish fry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, you got something You got something new coming out. And by the time that this podcast drops, some people will have already seen it. But I don't think the the – It'll drop by the time that the, um, actually, no, it will drop before it gets available to the masses. So can you talk a little bit about that new product? Yes. Yeah. So, so it is a first of its kind. It is, you know, basically turning the Glock into a single stage. Um, cause it is a double stage at this point. Most people don't know that cause it's cock and release. Um, but what this does is it, and it's and this is the cool thing. It's no one's been able to do this. There's been people that have, you know, done this, but we've designed it for the slim lines only because the idea was, you know, the slim line is a defensive weapon, and we wanted to design something that was just unbelievably awesome for that particular platform. And like I said, since no one's done it, we're like, let's let's lead with this. And basically, um, it's called, and the reason, and the name's pretty cool too. So it's called the 4311. That's the name. That's what we decided to call the name of the trigger because the 43s, you know, they're single stacks. The 43, the 43X, and the 48 are single stacks. Well, you can buy shield mags and make them a double stack, but the point is they were designed as single stacks. And so, and since it, and since we're switching it up to a single stage trigger, that's where the 11 comes from, pulling from the 1911. So, yeah, and it's, I'm telling you right now, it is, it is, and it's, we're testing it right now where it's going through like a 10,000 round test and 
because that's what you have to do. I mean, you have to burn through. The first day we did 4,000, you know, and, and we'll finish it up because it's, that's just the way it has to be. We have to make sure that this thing can handle the punishment, and we'll even go further than 10,000. But it is probably the, the best trigger we've ever created. And it's, yeah, it, it's a completely different design. And I, you know what? I'm going to let it, I can't really let too much of the cat out of the bag. Yep, yep, you know yep. what I mean? There's, there'll be, there's going to be a huge marketing campaign for it. So you're going to be seeing it everywhere. But, um, you know, I, I, I've collaborated with some people on this and yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's one, it's I almost leaves you speechless. It's so good when you pull the trigger, anyone that I've let try it have been like, they just give you that look like what, especially with the reset, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, you know, and then you shoot it and it's just poetic, you know, and, you know, to have that, I mean, wherever you put that dot, it just, it just goes, it's, it's unreal. It's unreal how efficient it is. So that, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's basically what I'm saying about it right now. It's innovative, you know, it's efficient, it's everything reliable, predictable, safe, consistent. So you couldn't ask for anything more out of a trigger. What kind of trigger weight are we talking about here? Well, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's basically my VEX shoe. Um, and we designed it with a return spring on it. And there is a receiver, uh, that goes in the back of the housing. And so therefore it holds the, the, the strikers always cocked static, but we have the testing we have done with this is beyond military grade testing. As far as safety is concerned, I have broken more glocks, dropping them 20 feet onto concrete and every single different drop you could think of. And we have had zero. And I mean, not even close to a single episode whatsoever. No discharge. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, I know. I remember back in the day, like reading the old gun mags. I remember there was an article one time that was talking about the uh, Mossberg 590 shotgun and they're like, oh, it surpassed the military standard. I think it was like 20,000 rounds or 10,000 rounds, but it was significant, right. you know, and I was like, damn, they, that's a lot of rounds. Um, but I mean, like you said, you got to put it through that because what's the average life expectancy of a pistol that's carried for, for, you know, concealed carry? You know, like it, maybe it's yeah, not really, the gun you know, that you shoot all the time. You know, maybe it is the gun that you shoot all the time. But like, I can think I have some guns that are well over 10,000 and I've owned them for many years. I've got a couple guns that are only a few months old and they're, you know, they, they have probably fewer than a thousand rounds through them, you know, but what's the average when you start looking at all the things that you carry? Um, 10,000 is no joke. And especially yeah. when you say like, Hey, I'm doing this, uh, we had to do a test run. Those are 10 round mags that you're loading up. So there's a lot of mag changes too. I'm sure it's a test of the, uh, the mag release oh, yeah, there's, too. There's four people rotating. <laughs> God, how do you get that job by the way? Like, how do you, how do you get that job where someone's like, dude, you're on mag loading duty. It's, it's friends. It's friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people come into it thinking like, Oh yeah, I get to shoot. You know, and then, you know, 2000 rounds there, like, hey, man, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm tapping out. You know what I mean? Like, it's so funny because what, what everyone thinks it's going to be, you know, it, it, with this kind of testing, it's not, you know, uh, you know, I was doing some work with some operators and, you know, they took a couple groups of the Shaw Shooting Academy and they ran 7000 rounds through it in one day without one hiccup. 
on that Evolution X, you know. So I'm like, yes, you know, but that's what you want to build. You know, you want to build something that is just going to be stellar, mm-hmm. you know, and that's really what that's really where I am. That's that's my mindset. Like if I can't build something that that's why I ha- only had that Evolution X. It's been my trigger now for two, three years. I haven't had a chance, you know, it, it's it, and it's great. But I'm like, you know, I have to you have to make something that's, you know, just as good or better than that. And that's 4311 is that. You understand, like it's it, it, like I wasn't going to release something unless it was like, holy crap, what has he done now, or right, what have they right. done now, you know? And that's what this—that's what this trigger is. It's going to be that face, that aha moment, that where you're just like, what in the? Oh my goodness, you know? And then you know where you look at your buddy and say, man, you got to feel this, got to shoot this, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and that's that's if you're not setting the bar like that, and that it's that, that the performance is that good and that performance mixed with the safety features. Cause like I said, safety first, never sacrifice safety over performance, but the performance is, is, is right there with the safety. It's, it's, it's a winner, man. There's, there's chicken, chicken, when, you know, whatever it is, whatever, <laughs> chicken dinner, but it is, you know, that's, it's just amazing. Like I said, it's so efficient. It's so such an amazing trigger. But that's what I was waiting for. And you know, I held out. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna because everyone's like, you know, there's people that'll say, oh, they'll just put something else out that's fluff just to, you know, throw some eye candy out there and get sales up or whatever. And I just wasn't gonna do that. And now, but now this thing, like I said, we'll release it at CanCon. There'll be people will be able to shoot it there. And uh, we're gonna make pre-sales available there. And then the launch of the actual trigger will be uh, you know, on the website. Um for for black friday but we'll have like a code and stuff like that so you can go and purchase it pre-purchase it and i've never done pre-purchases this is a first this is a new thing but like i said like i know i have the crew that can handle it so we're, we're good to go but it is going to be a it's going to be a, it's going to be all hands on deck and it's so awesome because it's going to be in the new shop i have the ac guys out there right now putting the whole thing together and you know i went from literally you know if you see my videos that johnny blocks was only it's only like 400 square foot you know, that's how big that shop is. I'm in. I made it work. <laughs> but this new one, this new one's, you know, you know, close to a thousand square feet, which is just, you know, amazing for us. Everyone has benches and it's nice and spread out. We're not like touching each other's butts as we're walking through the aisles and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's a whole different ballgame, whole different energy. Yeah, I'm going to miss you at CanCon because I got a, a couple courses that are here um, in the next couple of weeks. We're, we're going to Georgia Bushcraft. Uh, we're going to have Aaron Snyder from Kafaru out here. So I'll be, you know, teaching with him. And then after that, I've got to travel out to Winkler Knives. I got a, two sold out classes out there. But, um, you know, I want to get my boys to one of your classes. You got. Yeah, you, you got know? to. You got it. I mean, it sounds like you've got the facility where, you know, people are asking me all the time, like, hey, can we would you ever host training in Florida? I'm like, well, look, here's what I need for a site. So maybe there'll be a, a Johnny Glock's Fieldcraft survival class or a Johnny Glock's Fieldcraft land nav class or med class. Like if you got the oh, facility, yeah. dude, if you got the facility, I'll, I'll put students in seats and uh, we'll, we'll run some stuff in Florida. Just keep me away from all the crazy Florida men, you know, and Florida women. Yeah, but We're not in the crazy Florida. I, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, so, Hey, we're, we're, where can people, where can people find you? Where can they go to check out your stuff? I mean, obviously they're, we're going to, if we do this thing with Fieldcraft and Johnny Glocks where I'm teaching down in Florida, they'll be able to see you and get your info on our site. Um, but right. in the meantime, where can people kind of follow you on social and all that great stuff? So Instagram is just Johnny Glocks with an S. You got to put the S on there. 
Um, I'm shadow banned, so you're probably going to have to spell the whole thing out. Um, <laughs> uh, and then YouTube is the same thing. It's the persona, Johnny Glocks. That's a whole other story. But I had to distinguish myself because of the Glock trademark as an ent- – you know, I couldn't be like – an entity or a business. So, so the persona of Johnny Glock, that's my AKA. That's what that's under on, in my YouTube channel is Johnny Glock's persona. And, uh, please check that out. If you can, if you're listening to this, because there's so much education value and modification value to that site. It's, it's, it's to that, uh, page. It's unreal. And then the website of course is www.johnnyglocks. Once again, with an S johnnyglocks.com. And that way you can check out the products and we're launching a new website as well for this whole launch. Uh, you know, which is going to be, it's just, you know, I have such a good crew right now. It's just amazing. It's amazing. So I'm really, really, really excited for this upcoming year. And this new product is just stellar and the crew is stellar. So you can be expecting huge things coming from all of us here. Huge. Awesome, brother. Well, hey, I can't I can't thank you enough for making a great product. I swear by your your triggers. I've got one, like I said, in my 17. I've got one in my 48. And I'm excited for this 4311 because I have a 48 that is just, you know, I have two 48s. I got one MOS and I got one standard uh, cowboy sites. And right. I've been waiting and that might be the, that might be the thing that I'm going to throw in there. So we'll, we'll see, but, um, Oh yeah, believe me, you'll want to put it on there. <laughs> oh, damn it. I hate you in the best way, but anyway, man, I know, uh, you're busy. You got a, a hundred triggers to probably get through today on your own. And you know, there's probably good family time at the assembly bench. So I'm going to let you go, but thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, thank you guys for listening to the field crafts for all podcast. Yeah. Thanks Kevin. I appreciate it, buddy.